are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. Right after you listen to this one, make sure you go and check out Locked On NBA's on Tuesdays. It's East meets West. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Vermeule, host of the Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Follow the Locked On NBA Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Kuka's Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys. Ryan articles about the Pistons, and this is something we're going to start doing since we're about, I believe, what, 15 days away from the preseason. From here on out, each day, we're going to do, we're going to start the podcast off, I should say, with a season preview of a player on the roster, and then the final two segments will be talking about news that day or just whatever I want to talk about. Uh, but the first segment of the next few podcasts until the first preseason game on the 6th, I believe it is, uh, yeah, the 6th against the San Antonio Spurs, we're going to be doing player preview. So today... First up, we got Jeremy Grant. So, throughout the entirety of this offseason with Jeremy Grant, I think you've heard a lot of speculation nationally, obviously, about, oh, will the Pistons trade Jeremy Grant? Is he going to remain a Piston long-term? What's their plan with him? Why is he still there? Are they rebuilding? Why are they keeping, like, these kind of players that they're really rebuilding, etc.? People outside Detroit really don't get what's going on here. So, the first thing I want to say with this preview is I, I don't think he's going to be traded. And I've said many times before, and I'll say it again, I believe Jeremy Grant is more likely to sign an extension with the Pistons than he is to be traded by the Pistons. I've said multiple reasons why. I, I've told you guys this multiple times. The reason why he signed here, the the cultural reasons why, his relationship with Troy Reaver, uh, his commitment to the city. My phone just rang. I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think Jeremy Grant's going to be traded. So that's my first preview of his season. But let's go ahead and check out a little bit of his last season, though, with the Pistons so we can get a better idea of what we'll be looking forward to next season. So last season, he averaged 22.3 points a game. He shot 43% from the field, 35% from deep on 6.1 attempts a game. Uh, he started to fall off a little bit towards the end of the year. He had a true shooting percentage of 556 Towards the beginning of the year, he was hovering around 60% true shooting percentage. He was averaging around 24.8 points a game for the first 30-some games of the season. Um, started to fall off a little bit right after Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin left. Uh, we've talked about this many times before. Once they left, defenses really started keying in on him, and he really was starting to you know, wear down a little bit. And he also had some injuries as well he dealt with towards the end of last year. But in the final 21 games, he shot 42% from the field, 32% from deep, 77% from the free throw line, and only 20 points a game. All those cratered to the ground from where he was beforehand. And obviously not even – some of them are way below his season averages anyway. So what should we be looking forward to from Jeremy Grant this season? Well, I think you should see those numbers get back towards – or closer, I should say, to what we were seeing from him towards the beginning of the year. And it's because of the addition of Kate Cunningham, along with the addition of Kelly Olynyk, and another year of these young guys getting better. The reason why Jeremy Grant started to struggle a little bit, because like I said, defenses really just paid attention to him and just put everything on him, their entire emphasis on him. And now that he has some good players around, like Kate Cunningham, he has another year of these rookies getting better and trying to develop and becoming more mature, etc. on the basketball court, that should help Jeremy Grant. So, what I would expect from Jeremy Grant 
and I said this on the Lockdown NBA podcast a few, uh, I believe it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago when I guessed it on there. I would expect Jeremy Grant to average around like 21, 22 points a game this year, but I would expect his, his efficiency to be back towards what it was towards the beginning of the year. I wouldn't say above 60% true shooting percentage, but I would assume that he would be closer now with, like I said, Kay Cunningham and Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes having an extra year under his belt, and Kay Cunningham obviously being a number one overall pick, how electric he's going to be. I would expect Jeremy Grant to get back closer to around 45% from the field, about 37% from deep, still hovering around like 84% from the free throw line, have a much be much better efficiency-wise uh, for the Pistons this upcoming season. Um, I, I would expect his defense as well to continue to be impactful uh, towards the beginning of the year. I think his his first half of the season was really spectacular. In the first half of his season last year, you really saw him make a ton of plays on, per, on the perimeter defensively, whether that was getting his hands on balls in, in the passing lanes or uh, ball handlers. But one of the things that really jumped off the mark for me was his ability to block shots on from the perimeter or pull-ups, etc. And I feel like that kind of waned as the season went on. Uh, he started being asked to carry a bigger offensive load, and I feel like that kind of impacted his defensive game. So I would expect, I would expect, my God, his defensive side of the ball to improve and get back to where it was towards the beginning of the year and where he's been at for the majority of his career. So. Season preview for Jeremy Grant, I expect him to be much more efficient. I expect him to be averaging around 21, 22 points a game. I don't think he's going to be taking as many shots as he was last year. I don't think he's going to be averaging like the 25 points a game he was for like the first, what was it, like 35 games of last year. I don't expect that from him this year because of the reasons I've already laid out. There's more more good players in the team. Kate Cunningham's obviously going to become a bigger focus, you hope, to see Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart and Keelan Hayes take a step forward in the offensive department as well. So I don't think they're going to be asking that much of him offensively. But I do expect his efficiency to go up. I expect him to be better defensively again like we expect from him. I expect him to be a good leader for the Pistons. I expect him to really help these guys develop, and that's where you know that's where the Pistons are trying to get to. That's why I believe he's going to stay here long term. I don't expect him to be traded. That's part of the preview as well. I expect him to do a good job as a leader and get this team to, you know, another step closer to their 2023's uh, big, you know, circle on the date that they're planning for. I, I expect him to help get these younger guys closer to that, lead by example, and continue to be, do what he did last year off the court and on the court as a leader. So that's what we preview for Jeremy Grant on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. So next up, we'll probably go after Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes will probably be next on the preview for the next podcast, but... Like I said, we're going to go through each guy on the roster for the next 15, 16 days before the Pistons' first preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs. So stay tuned to the next few podcasts so you can hear your favorite player previewed. If you guys want to see a specific, a specific player previewed sooner rather than later, make sure you tweet me at NBA which player you want to see previewed quickly. Uh, if I get a large amount of requests for a certain player, I will speed up his preview quicker. Uh, but yeah, there's Jeremy Grant for you guys. And Next up on the podcast, we'll talk about some of the assistant coaching hires that have been made official by the Detroit Pistons as of 9-20, which is when I'm recording the podcast. And we will also revisit the whole Kay Cunningham and Killian Hayes dynamic in the backcourt. Keith Langless of thepistons.com just wrote a piece about it that I read this week. Uh, I believe I read it yesterday. I kind of want to talk about it. And, and, you know, we've talked about it a little bit already on the podcast this offseason, obviously. But it's something I kind of want to revisit because it obviously is going to be such a big deal for the Pistons this season. And like Keith Langless laid out in his po- uh, not his pocket, but his article, it's the biggest priority for the Pistons this season. So we're going to revisit that coming up. But before we do that, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, Direct TV Stream. 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love, that you and I love, without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, movies, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes or no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter. Trust me, I know all about the clutter. I have three monitors in my room right now with all kinds of stuff happening on each one. And get rid of all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. Yes, that's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. What's the deal, guys? There are some things in life that you just don't really want to talk about. You know, issues in a relationship, family problems, or more importantly, sweating through your t-shirt in the public for no reason when out with the boys. Yet, you heard me right, everyone has been there, including myself. Simply wearing deodorant doesn't help it either, but sweat block antiperspirant wipes can help. Sweat block is doctor created and doctor recommended. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed, then wake up the next day and do your normal routines like nothing ever happened, except this time without the worry of sweating through your t-shirt. Sweatblock works for up to 7 days per use and has a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back instantly. If you or someone you know is dealing with this worst issue in life of sweating through your t-shirt, tell them all about Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Get Sweatblock now and stop sweating. So... Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham. This is obviously going to be the biggest storyline, I believe, of the Pistons season throughout the entirety of their season, to be honest. I know there's a bunch of storylines to follow, a bunch of roster spots going on, a bunch of rotational spots, I should rather say, not roster spots, but rotational spots happening. So there's all kinds of things, really, to be looking for with the Pistons. But I think easily the biggest storyline, the biggest thing that everyone's going to be watching for is the Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham dynamic. So... We've talked about this many times this offseason, many times. And I said before the Pistons drafted Kay Cunningham that I didn't have much worry at all about them working together. I, I actually thought it was going to be a really good pairing together. I was really excited about seeing them together. I never really had any worry. But there are plenty of people who do have worries about them. So I guess we'll lay out the worries again. Uh, we've done this multiple times this this offseason, like I said. But we'll lay out all the worries again. And then I'll lay out why I'm not worried about them, what I'm really looking forward to seeing from them both. So obviously, the main worry, I think it's really the, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of multiple, I mean, I guess there's two two worries that people have. So I think the main one, obviously, is the outside shooting of Killian Hayes. If Killian Hayes cannot become a good outside shooter or improve as an outside shooter, it's really going to be, I think people believe it's going to be pretty hard for them to coexist because they assume Kay Cunningham's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, and Kay Cunningham's going to be off ball, obviously. It's not like he's going to be some elite cutter or elite athlete who can catch lobs off backdoor cuts so you know it's gonna be moving around off ball that kind of thing though he could become a pretty good off ball player without shooting the ball well he could do something like that he could become a really good cutter or know how to attack space off ball or stuff like that but usually you have to be a good off off ball shooter for a guy like Killian Hayes to be a pretty good off ball player uh, to work with a guy like Katie Cunningham like people assume if Kate Cunningham is going to have the ball in his hands a ton um, I don't know if that's true. We'll talk about that when I come back to why I'm not worried about it. But if that is a worry of yours, obviously you would expect Killian Hayes to become a better three-point shooter or to 
is cause for concern about them working together. Um, Killian did not shoot the ball very well in the summer league as well. Uh, he did look better defensively. He did look more aggressive. He looked uh, just as aggressive looking for his mid-range shot. He looked more aggressive trying to get to the basket. Uh, he did take out or take a lot more threes in the summer league. He wasn't making them a lot. So it is, it is a room for concern that will Killian Hayes become a good enough three-point shooter to coexist with Kate Cunningham. I think that's the main concern that people have for it. And then the next concern that I've seen a lot of Pistons fans and a lot of people just in general have that uh, have a concern about with Cade and Killian Hayes possibly being able to work together is, and this will lead me into why I'm not worried about it, is Killian Hayes is going to take the ball out of Kate Cunningham's hands. So from these people's perspectives, and I'm sure a lot of you guys out there also feel the same way, uh, that Killian Hayes is a ball-dominant player. He needs the ball in his hands to do what he does best, which is create for others. Uh, in the pick and roll, work the pick and roll, try to, uh, you know, manipulate defenses. Uh, he needs the ball in his hands to be able to do that. And by doing that, that takes the ball out of Kay Cunningham's hands, who obviously is the better player right now. I think we all assume that he's going to be the better player, possibly even could challenge the best person on the roster in his rookie season. He's the one overall pick. He's been hyped up, hyped up as such, obviously. So there's a concern about Killian taking the ball out of Kay's hands. Uh, but now let's segue into why I'm not worried about it. One... Uh, the reason why I really want K Cunningham, I believe the reason why so many people want a K Cunningham, not just the fact that he he's such a great player and has a great ceiling and, and you know tremendous potential, mature, all those other things. Uh, one of the reasons why I really like K Cunningham and why people like K Cunningham is his ability to not only play on ball, but his ability to be just as good off ball. So I'm I'm not comparing him to this player, but it's kind of like this kind of thing. So like Steph Curry. He's amazing on ball, but the reason why Steph Curry is Steph Curry is because not only is he one of the best players on ball, he might honestly be the greatest off-ball player ever. When you're just as good off-ball as you are on ball, you just become a whole different type of threat offensively. And that's one of the things with Kay Cunningham. Obviously, he's not Steph Curry. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that Kay Cunningham is that type of threat off-ball just like he is on ball. Like He's not going to be one of those guys like, you know, there's, you know, if you go watch Russell Westbrook, he's not a very good off-ball player at all. He just likes to stand around. Uh, one of the critiques of James Harden in Houston that people used to have is that, you know, once he gave the ball up, he would just stand still at the top of the key. Now, obviously, that that was kind of part of the system in Houston, but these are like kind of the critiques that you see some of these star players. Like, not everybody is Steph Curry. Not everybody wants to be a good off-ball player. Not everyone wants to keep moving, spot up, make the right play off-ball, you know, set screens. I mean, I saw Kay Cunningham set backdoor screens for guys in, in the summer league just by, like, not even play design, just him realizing, oh, this might be open. If I do this, let me do it. So, Cade is a really good off-ball player, just like he's a really good on-ball player. So, I'm not really concerned about K- Killian taking the ball out of his hands because I expect Cade to play off-ball anyways because that's how, he's that good of a player to where he can play off-ball too. The reason why Cade's such a good player is not because you want him monopolizing the ball, I believe, like, like a 30% usage rate. You don't want that from Cade. You want a player who's able to have the ball in his hands, create for himself, create for others, but then also be just as good of a threat off-ball as well. And I think that's part of the reason why I really like the Killian hayes K Cunningham dynamic because I think Killian can really help K Cunningham off-ball as well. I think he can make him better. And I think K Cunningham can make Killian's life a lot better off-ball as well. Having another shooting threat out there, another threat out there off-ball will help Killian Hayes as well. Especially with, the, depending on what lineup they put out there, if Isaiah Stewart really does become a decent outside shooter or if they start Kelly Olynyk, they really could run, the Pistons could really run a five-out system and instead of having like Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, or someone out there with someone who can sag off and crash the paint, if you have Kate Cunningham out there with Kaylee and Hayes, 
Uh, and we saw how lethal overshooter Cade was in the Summer League. If you have Cade out there with Killian Hayes, that really opens the floor and opens the driving lanes incredibly. And for those of you who think that Killian struggles getting the rim or it can't really you know, deal with help defense, I know there's some of you guys out there, this is the kind of thing that helps because if help defense comes, Killian is able to find the open player from anywhere. And he's going to be able to find Cade on multiple open looks and make life easier for Cade by creating open looks for him by his by his ability to get into the lane and his brilliancy or his brilliant passing. Did I say, did I, did I just say brilliancy? Is that even a word? I don't know where I was going with that one right there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about that. I don't think Kate needs the ball in his hands nonstop. And I don't think that's, I honestly think that actually would hurt him as a player. That's not who he is. Uh, that's not who I believe he's going to be. I don't think that's how he reaches his potential of him just being one of those guys who, you know, monopolizes the basketball and it's just like a one-man game at the top of the key. Now, obviously, if they just relegate Cage to completely off-ball, then obviously you have an issue. But I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're stupid. So uh, that's another reason why I'm not worried about it. And then also, another reason why I love the pairing and why I'm not worried about it is because of their defense. Already in the Summer League, you saw them just har- harass guys on-ball. You saw them harass people off-ball. Cade already has... Like, just incredible instincts in the passing lanes and reading stuff off-ball. There's really just one play. I wish I could get, like, a, a clip of this play in Summer League. But there was one play in Summer League where Cade was playing off-ball. And they tried setting back... I forget what team it was against. But they tried setting off-ball screens. And they tried getting switching to happen so they get a mismatch. And Cade completely blew up that play and fought through off-ball screens. Denied him the ball. Forced him out to the three-point line. They weren't able to get the guy, this guy the ball who Kate was guarding, and they literally wasted like 13 seconds of the shot clock. Next thing you know, there's five seconds on the shot clock. They have to force up a bad miss. Now, that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but Cade completely ruined a defensive play. And you saw Cade, do, uh, not Cade, Killian do it as well in the Summer League. Obviously, it's only Summer League, but we already knew from last year that Killian Hayes is a really good defender already. Off, off top, he's a good defender, and he got really stronger this offseason. So, and, and you saw him bullying around Jalen Green in the summer league when he played on defense. So I'm really interested to see, like, Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham defensively. I think they could possibly become one of the best defensive backcourts in the entire NBA. And then if Killian does improve his outside shot, I think this pairing could really be damn good for a long time. So that, that's just my thoughts on Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham pairing. Obviously, it's the biggest storyline, I believe. Entering the Pistons season, I think it's going to be the biggest storyline throughout the Pistons season. And I really appreciated Keith Langless spending a lot of time writing that article about them for Pistons.com because, like I just said, I, I do really do believe that it's the biggest storyline of the Pistons season. That's why I said a few podcasts ago I wanted to start Kelly Olynyk in the starting lineup because I feel like Cade and Killian's progression is the biggest thing on this team. It's the biggest need. It's the biggest. Uh, it, it's at the top of the list right now of priorities. And I feel like having a, a for-sure space floor at the five with K- Killian, uh, not Killian, Kelly Olynyk will help them offensively, help them, space the floor, help find driving lanes for them. And I think that is more important than anything else. But I'm starting to get on a completely different topic. But let me know what you guys think about the pairing. I know some of you guys are out on it. Some of you guys are worried about it. Some of you guys feel like me about it. Let me know on Twitter at NBA or at Lockdown Pistons what you guys think about the Killian Hayes, K Cunningham pairing coming up this season. But anyways, coming up in the next segment, we'll talk about the four Piston assistant coach hirings that were made official today. I think we've known about them for quite a long time now. I think, honestly, going back to the beginning of the offseason, damn near, I think. Uh, but they were made official today. We'll talk about those hirings a little bit to end the podcast. Not too long. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First, Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, and I, I'm not like some bad athlete. Don't start getting crazy with the mouth. But unless you're an elite athlete or even someone like me, 
just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension, issuing a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using the Gain Signature Percursive Therapy 1, which grows 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, Sharapova hundreds of thousands of customers, and myself. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. And now let me tell you about a new sponsor of the show, Sleeper Game Picks. In 2018, the fantasy sports expert at Sleeper realized the fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made absolutely no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Picks, and it's only available on Sleeper. And Game Picks, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between their opponents. The days of losing because your opponent players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless, daily, busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of the wor- busy work also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchup, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that ends up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fancy basketball code, guys. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out of a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind game pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. Make sure to go download Sleeper right now. I hope to see you guys on the Sleeper app soon because, you know, I, I play fantasy football. and You guys know we have a Pistons Twitter fantasy football league right now. I'm in a couple other money leagues as well. I absolutely love fantasy football. And I've tried to get into fantasy basketball multiple times, really. And the, the daily busy work and the constant, like, it's hard to keep up with basketball, the fancy basketball league. So I've tried to be in some. They usually don't work out. But Sleeper, it definitely sounds really interesting. I really like it. I've downloaded it. I'm probably going to try it this year. I hope to see you guys on there as well. But let's go ahead and talk about some of these hirings that the Pistons made for their assistant coaches. Now, like I said before the break, that I believe we've all known about these hirings for a few months now, honestly, I think. It goes back a few months. Uh, but they were made official today. So... Today, the Pistons officially announced their signings of Rex Kalaman, uh, Bill Baino, Jerome Allen, and Jim Morin. Now, I don't know much about a lot of these coaches. I know a little bit about one of them, but let's go ahead and just talk about where these other guys have had experiences before I talk about one of them. So, Morin had previous, previously been with the Portland Trailblazers. He spent some time between 2014 and 16 there as a video coordinator. Then he spent there as an assistant coach starting in 2016. Uh, he also was a player development coach for the Maine Red Claws. Uh, used to be a D-League franchise, now known as the Maine Celtics. So he has plenty of experience doing all kinds of things as an assistant coach, a coach, a head coach, video coordinator, etc. So he has a lot of experience everywhere. Obviously helps. 
Uh, whether he's going to be a good assistant coach for the Pistons, obviously wait to see. But he has experience underneath him. And also, Dwayne Casey brings back someone he previously worked with in Toronto, uh, Bano. They worked together in 2013 to 2015 with the Raptors. He also served with the Indiana Pacers from 2016 to now before he came over to the Pistons. Not shocking to see Dwayne Casey get a guy that he's comfortable with or cool with or has history with. You know, we already saw that happen with players, obviously, with Corey Joseph, who's now back and looked like a star last season when he came to the Pistons. So it's not shocking to see Casey bring a guy that he knows and is comfortable with over, and there's nothing wrong with that. And also, Kalamian, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. I hate pronouncing people's names wrong, but I believe that's how you pronounce it. He also worked the Raptors from 2015 to 2018, so he also has experience with Dwayne Casey, but he also spent two seasons with the Clippers and also the Sacramento Kings after that. So he's coming over from there to the Pistons now. Two guys that Dwayne Casey is familiar with and has worked with already. Uh, and then some minor news, the Pistons also some smaller guys in the franchise. Now two player development coaches and Jordan Brink and Austin Default, who were both video coordinators for the franchise. So nice to see them get a promotion. Always room for some guys to have some uh, success. But uh, the guy that I really know about, uh, I don't know much about these other guys outside of what I just told you guys. But the one guy I do know about is Jerome Allen. He was the assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. And he spent six seasons there with the Boston Celtics underneath uh, Brad Stevens before Brad Stevens became GM over there and gave up being the coach over there. Jerome Allen, I've heard his name multiple times being interviewed for multiple head coaching positions over the last few years. I believe he also interviewed with the Boston Celtics for their head coaching position once Brad Stevens gave that up and became the GM. So I think that honestly is a really good pull for the Pistons. Jerome Allen, it seems like from just watching the NBA and, and keeping up with the NBA over the last few years. There's a guy who is well-respected across the NBA. He was interviewing for a lot of jobs, like I've just mentioned with the Celtics this past season as well. I've se seen his name pop up multiple times. So he's a guy that obviously is well-respected, thought of highly across the league, and the Pistons were able to bring him over. Uh, that I feel like is a pretty good pull for your assistant coach. And I feel like the Pistons have a decent uh, staff now. Uh, no matter what your thoughts of uh, Dwayne Casey, I feel like they have a decent, experienced staff now over there. Uh, no shot to any of the older guys that were here before them. But obviously, Dwayne Casey got to bring in his guys that he is familiar with. And two of those guys that he spent with Toronto from 2013 to 2018. And also, like we just spent talking about, the big pull of Jerome Allen, which I think is really good. Uh, honestly, you know what's crazy is that I, I'm going to throw something out there like this. Is that I think I, I won't rule it out that Jerome Allen possibly takes over Dwayne Casey once Dwayne Casey retires. Because Dwayne Casey's getting up there in age. He's getting old. And he, I don't think he's going to come back after his contract. Once his contract's over with, I feel like that's going to be basically it for him. He's 64 years of age. I've said multiple times I believe Dwayne Casey is the perfect coach for what the Pistons are doing right now. I don't know if he's the best coach for what they're going to do in the future. And, like, again, he's getting old. And I think he's going to get close to retiring once the Pistons... I really do think he probably is going to retire once his contract with the Pistons ends. They just give him that extension. Once that's over with, I think it's just dead after that. And then I, I wouldn't be shocked if they gave it to Jerome Allen or at least gave him a shot to, you know, become the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. But that's obviously looking way ahead in the future. But that's it for today's episode. Let me know what you guys thought. Thank you guys for listening. As always, I appreciate you guys all the time. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter at Kukahil MB. I'm trying to get to 5,000 followers before the end of the year. I believe we're about 110 away right now. Uh, I want to get to 5,000 before the end of the year. I appreciate you guys as always. Make sure you go down below and leave a five-star review if you haven't already. I really appreciate you guys. I'll say it again. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. We're probably going to be player reviewing Killian Hayes in the first segment, and we'll find something else to talk about the rest of the podcast. If there is another player that you guys want to see covered on the podcast before the season starts sooner rather than later, 
Make sure you tweet me at NBA or at Lockdown Pistons. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.